We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Join Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Okay, ready? what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in we I want to that might be the best question I've ever been asked. You're a phenomenal person. I mean, you legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. So I just had this incessant need to like represent black culture in chocolate. And so I, I came up with this business idea, made my chocolate soul. My mother still supported me. She's like, all right, get it out your system. But she didn't think this is Mm-mm. this is it. And within my my business model then was I'm gonna sample all the chocolates, I'm gonna give them out, and then that's gonna make people order for me. Okay. That was the idea. What I didn't understand is that that's not a sales model. That's a sales model for somebody who has a cache of money for when those people do start ordering. Mm-hmm. You can afford to buy new materials, and new packaging and everything. And then also, how have you trained your customers to like people love it, right? Are you saying that that's a drug dealer's model? Yeah, right? <laughs> is that where you got <laughs> like that it idea was very, from? It was, yeah. But to be honest, that's my only business exposure. The Harlem Chocolate Factory is Harlem's only and best chocolate shop run by the one and only Jessica Spaulding. This is yet another in our series on great Black-owned small businesses. And her story of creating this and making it run is extraordinary. Lots of lessons for all sorts of people who love to dig into the minutiae and the details of small business. So let's get into it. It's Jessica Spaulding of the Harlem Chocolate Factory on Torre Show. Jessica, hey. tell us why you love chocolate. Okay. I 
I have to take it back to explain that. So I grew up, uh, my mom and dad met at a health health food store. Oh. They were working at a health food store. My in, dad was working there. In and uh, Actually, in the Upper West Side. Okay. Um, they were both from the Bronx. Um, they met at the health food store when he was studying to be an EMT. He was all about health. Like, his whole life was about health. Mom, not so much. She she was kind of riding the wave to just, you know, that's her dude. That's her guy. Uh, she wound up getting fired from that store. It's hilarious. Uh, but he passed away when I was two. And she just was like, this is how he wants you to be raised. So I grew up on like grape nuts, Ezekiel bread, all the enemies of like childhood in the 90s. Right. Like I wanted enemies. I, like enemies. Enemies. And um, she just, she really wanted to like raise me how he would want me to re- be raised. But she even had like a little vice, which was chocolate. But she knew like high quality chocolate. It wasn't the stuff at the corner store. And so for me, I saw a little bit of opportunity. You know, it's me and her. She's trying to do whatever little activity I want to do. I got into cooking and I was like, oh, man, I could work with chocolate and then I could probably eat it. So I started making like chocolates and candies at like 10, at like 10, like nine and 10. Also, during this time, this is the start of like reality TV, like cooking competitions. So they like the World Pastry Cup and I only had like four channels on my TV. So, <laughs> so I had... It was a bootleg box in the house. So I had Food Network, Channel 11, Channel 9, and Channel 4. <laughs> I don't know how Food Network got in there. Right, right. But it's like, so you know, all the public access too. And on public access, there were like, there were things. Um, but it was always like these chocolate shows and like pastry shows and, you know, Julia Child, like making little tarts. And so I was just like, man, if I work on these recipes, like it calls for getting a bag of sugar. Now my mother peep game, like how much does the recipe call for? One cup, take the cup out, go take that bag to the neighbor. Wow. Broken hearted, you know, like broken hearted. Oh, you made, you made a whole tart, take a slice. We're going to give it out to the rest of the neighbors. Wait, why? (laughs) Right. So we're still not going to have a lot of sugar. We're still not going to have a lot of sugar around. Um, But she wanted me to understand there's a difference. That stuff you're trying to get from the bodega, that's not a treat. That's not how you treat yourself. So during that same time, the Salon du Chocolat started to come to America. International, biggest chocolate show in the world. Um, She was like, you want to know about chocolate? You want to know about these things? Let, Let me show you. And she's a construction worker and your mom. Yeah. My mom's an operating engineer. Oh wow. Um, and, but you know, she'd get dolled up and we'll go. And that was like our yearly kind of like event that we did. And we taste chocolates from around the world. And she's like this baby, this is chocolate. What they selling at that store. That's not chocolate. I'm going to have to ask her like how she knew. I don't think I've ever literally asked like, how did you know the difference? She's like, no, my palate is like that. Like that stuff. Like I can't, I can't pick up a Hershey bar. Like I can't pick these things up. Um, But she like had her specific chocolates that she liked. 
So there's this deep love of chocolate. It's part of yeah. your personal culture, your yeah. family culture. Yeah. When does it become, oh, this is a great idea for a business, for me. So in college, I tried, like I had like Spellman. a little Spellman. Nice. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Emory. Ah! And we definitely tried to talk to Spellman girls. Like, you know. And they were definitely the best. Like I get it. I understand. They were the best. They are very special. Self esteem, pride. Still are special. All right, listen. I'm about to sit taller. Yes, yes. You know, it's there's there's a deep connection to having someone poor in you for the same reason that everyone hates you. Being a black woman is what a lot of hatred in this country is kind of built off of. So to have a space. In a place tell you, well, that's actually your magic. Um, it makes you walk different. It makes you talk different. Um, it's real. And it makes you, it's it, and it's real. It's real. It's real. And um, I think that all black women should be required to be in spaces like that, at least at some point in their life. And all spaces should hold a space for us. Because, I mean, we are keeping the world together, but we could get into that one another day. But, <laughs> <laughs> but while I was there, I... Um, I, I had like been an art major and then an English major while my mom supported these hobbies of mine. There's still this. All right. But what you going to do for work? You know, like, oh, you got the little art degree. I'm like, yo, I'm learning graphic design. Like I'm having so much fun. Like, yeah, that's fun. That's cute. What you going to do for work? I think you should you 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 could be a lawyer. You could be. Like, you know, get that English degree. The way you write is amazing. I'm like, okay. So I did it. But then, like, I was on scholarship while I was there. My mom had um, been a, uh, she was a not only a first responder, but she was an operating engineer in the pit. Like, one of, like, less than five black women that worked wow. in construction and during the like response and 9-11 wow. and she worked there for three years um health issues all along all the things so there was like a a scholarship program that you know helped the descendants of these people like go to school so it only paid a certain portion and then I had other scholarships like I was always very studious um but I, so I got a check every semester for books. So I'm like, listen, I don't already peep game. I could go to the library and read all my books. I read very fast. I'll just have to sit in the library and read. And I'll take this check. And I'm going to start this chocolate company that I have had in my head since I was a little girl. And the first rendition of it, I worked a lot in music. I worked a lot in art. I worked, you know in these arenas. So my, the name of the company was Choco Soul. Okay. And we had the flyest MySpace page. Okay. Okay. Coded out my, yes. Right. Going back. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Going back. Okay. And um, black planet too. uh, Yes. And, um, and when you (laughs) came to the page, it played D'Angelo was like Choco Soul. And what I did was it was these like little Afros with toffee on it. That's what I like. And I made bonbons and I made truffles, but it was these little toffee Afros. And it was this idea of like always going to cilantro chocolate, always going to these places and never, nothing ever representing black culture, Mm. Japanese culture. Mm. uh, Very European. Very European. 
every every Europe that that's the gold standard. Europe is the gold standard. Yeah. Me and my mother be the only black people at that show every year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so never seeing a black face behind one of those tables, um, except for maybe at like a liquor company, sure. you know, something like that. So I just had this incessant need to like represent black culture in chocolate. And so I, I came up with this business idea, made my choco soul. My mother still supported me. She's like, all right, get it out your system. But she didn't think this is, Mm-mm. this is it. And within my, my business model then was I'm going to sample all the chocolates. I'm going to give them out. And then that's going to make people order for me. Okay. That was the idea what I didn't understand is that that's not a sales model. That's a sales model for somebody who has a cash of money for when those people do start ordering, mm-hmm. you can afford to buy new materials and new packaging and everything. And then also how have you trained your customers to like, people love it. Right. Are you saying that that's a drug dealer's model? Yeah. Right. <laughs> is that where you got <laughs> like, that it idea was very, from? It was, yeah, but to be honest, that's my only business exposure. Like I'm keeping it funky. That's my only business exposure. Sure. Right. Sure. Like, you know, put this out to a few that's, folks. That's how Pookie did it. Yo. So why it don't work? But it is a proper business model, right? If you have a certain cash, a certain net cash flow, if you have these things set up for that to happen. Um, I did not have that and I didn't understand it. And when I didn't just immediately start making, and it's also this like instant gratification. And when it didn't pop in, you know, in four months in that one semester, I was like, oh, yo, I'm the stupidest business person on the face of the planet. Like, you know, I'm 19, 20, maybe 20. And I'm like, this library, reading these books mad fast. Like, it's so many books. <laughs> like, this sucks. Like, I suck. And I took that very hard. So I was like, all right. All right, maybe I do have to become a lawyer or a teacher. I'm like, the doctor thing is not going to work. I Like, maybe That's I could watch, me. like, a whatever on TV, a little ER, but I'm not cutting into nobody's human body. Like I, I don't, I don't got hey, it for you. It's not for me. But those are the only jobs that I understand or, or know of. Right. So I left, I think I left college or even while I was there, I was very depressed because I was supposed to come into this space and the way everyone like spoke of me and how I carry myself. I, I was supposed to come here wake up and be Oprah. Like I'm waking up every day and I'm not Oprah yet. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Like why it's not just happening to rich. me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's what it is. Like that the idea of my pathway to wealth is in, immediately tied to fame. It's immediately tied to unearned wealth. Right. Like not wealth that I've generated for myself, but that has happened to me. Um, and I, and I, because I can't see that pathway or I don't understand that pathway, there's something wrong with me. So I need to be relegated to these things, which are not bad things, right? Being a teacher is very honorable. Absolutely. Being a a lawyer, there's honor in all these things. Being a writer is honor, but it wasn't necessarily the dream for me. And everyone keeps making fun of me for who I am. Like in my family, they know me as Ralph Cramden. So when I was a kid, like I, I sold Girl Scout cookies. When my family's from like, my godmother moved to Atlanta. 
And so we would go there for Thanksgiving. We go there, you know, it was building all those subdivisions with the pine cones and the pine trees. I get the pine cones, spray paint them, and then bring them back up and sell them as ornaments. Oh. I still want to check from Pier 1 in Bombay because I feel like that was me first. <laughs> I, did that, I, did I feel that. like I made that happen. So wait, when does so when does this get to Harlem Chocolate Factory? When does it get to Harlem Chocolate Factory? So everything had to fall apart to make space for Harlem Chocolate Factory. I got home from school. I was like teaching um very unfulfilled, just kind of robotically moving through life, supplementing my salary by doing graphic design, which I had to flip back on my mother. Like, you told me to leave that alone. It's the only thing paying my bills, but okay, sis. <laughs> and, um, and then I was, I became a mom twice over, right? So I have two kids. And still just like, what am I doing? My kids now are, at the time, they were three and four months. And I was just like, babies. And I was at the, um, I've been working. I got like a new job. I was working in Brooklyn um, at this little like production and design studio, passing the Mass Brothers like production facility factory every day. I got off the bus in front of their their facility. I know exactly where that is or was. They're yeah. not there anymore. I don't know if they're still but there, but the, it was like the, the coffee shop on the, the corner. Sp- yep. Then the mm-hmm. smell yep. of the chocolate coming out of their space. I thought I was like, God, this this is a little cruel, B. Like I'm not trying to tell you how to like, you know, teach your children. This is I like I didn't have to work around dream. the corner. Like that's my dream right and I, there. I'm passing it. And they and I'm like every time I feel like they're walking in, they're smiling. Like everybody's mad happy. Like I mean, they had a global chocolate brand, empire. Empire. And I'm like, and I'm getting out after being on the bus and the train and the And you're and like, this I, is my passion. This is my thing. You're living my passion. Yeah, and then I'm reading your story and it's like you came into it as an adult and I'm like, oh, I've lived this. So I was at work one day and I love um, that you had the confidence that like to look at these white men with their empire and you're like, I know I can do that. B, I'm like, nah, man, like if y'all really did it like this, yo, y'all could, y'all could kill it. Like. But I'm like, you know what? Mind your business. They making their money. Because I know this business better than you guys. Okay. Because I've been in this been. space. And and at the time, I didn't realize I wasn't honoring the uh, my intelligence on understanding the industry, right? Mm. What had happened, I wasn't a witness to the industry. I, I had amassed what people spend ten dollars and $20,000 on reporting for. I've watched every packaging change. I can remember every price point. I have the memory of an ox. Was it an elephant? Whichever one. Whichever one of the animals that be remembering stuff. But I literally understand how each and every point of chocolate changes the price point. 
changes consumer reaction. I was in the crowd. I know what the consumers reacted to. I know what they lied to y'all about. I saw the change of the industry happen across that Salon de Chocolat. Because Salon de Chocolat ended when I was in my, my sophomore year. It was the last year that they were in the States. And the first year they came back, we were there. Wow. So it was like this kind of full circle moment. And for me at the time, I just realized like, okay, this is what I want to do. And every day passing it, I got a little bit more confident and I was working with a small business and I'm trying to advise her on, you know, doing this and doing that. Like, okay, wait, if you made these changes, like here's some efficiencies, here's some things you can do in terms of marketing. And I'm like, maybe I wasn't just some idiot who couldn't perform in business or couldn't be an entrepreneur. Maybe I was just a kid Confidence coming back. Yo. So uh, when I was I was out with my children one day and I used to go to the public library. They had this like little um playroom and there was a sign on the on the wall like business plan competition, NYPL business plan competition. At the end of the competition, there's five prizes, everything for fifteen thousand to fifteen hundred, and at the end of it, you'll have a business plan. You have met with a business advisor for like 40 hours because it was like a part of the plan. And so I was like, yo, even if I don't win, I'll have a plan. Right. And all of my life, I'm I'm watching Shark Tank. I'm watching all these different business shows. I'm watching these things. And I'm like, maybe I just needed a little bit more specific business knowledge. So I'm like, yo, this, this thing would be so easy. Like, even if I don't win, I'll have a plan. Like... Let me let me see. So I was at work one day and the landlord was showing the space and he was outside the door. He was like, you know, the space is going to be available on Tuesday. So I'm like, Tuesday, how's it going to be available on Tuesday? I got work on Tuesday. So, I, you know, I called the woman who owned it and she's so sweet. And I mean, I thank her so much. Her transparency with her process is what gave me the confidence to like move forward. Because she was just honest, here are the mistakes that I've made. Here are the things that I just didn't have the wherewithal to understand about this specific business. And it wasn't that she was like an idiot or a bad person or this like horrible kind of monster that I had trained myself to believe I was. She was just a person who made a couple of mistakes. And this specific business model didn't work for her. Didn't work for her lifestyle, didn't work in general and she's okay. And now she's doing really well and she's so amazing. Um, but that business model didn't work. And I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't me. Like I still thought that the chocolate culturalized with high quality, focused on premium and educating people. Cause I remembered back in college, people were like, oh, this is chocolate. Why does it taste different than what I get? I'm like, yeah, because what you get from the store probably has like less than 10% cocoa content. This has 60. But it's not bitter. I know because it don't, it don't have to be. It just has to be well made. And I remember that striking into people and people still calling me like, yo, you got any more of that? So I was like, maybe there were like just some things that I was missing. And maybe I'm not the horrible part of that piece, right? You know? 
And I joined the business plan competition and um, won. Won that. Won. 15,000. 15,000. So now we have a little capital. Yeah. Now we can do something. Well, before that, right, when, when going through the business plan, like the competition was like a six-month competition. I told you I had just lost my job. So for that six months, I'm like still looking for work, doing my little graphic design, getting my little chump change, still taking care of these kids, working it out. And I had, there was one time I had like $12 in my account and I was in this like business, I was taking business classes in conjunction with the competition. And the homework for the night was, if you believe in your business by the domain, so I had been like visiting Harlem Chocolate Factory on like GoDaddy every day. Like, should I do it? I'm like, yo, even with the coupon, this is like $10. Like, and that night was that was the homework. I'm like, do I believe in this? And I had done the market research. I had done it. I was like, nah, B, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I know I know the pathway in. That can circumvent all this. Like you do the little analysis, SWAT, what's the strengths, what the weaknesses, whatever. I'm like, I know how to avoid every one of those weaknesses. I know how to get around them. Yo, now I believe in it. Spent my $10. Then I was tight because I had went to the store and um, like got like $2 worth of stuff. So I really had, you know how that bank be trying to do it. So my account was negative the next day after I brought this, after I brought that domain but I went up, I graphic design again, coming up, see my, you know, support your children and their little dreams. I coded out a like website for myself. I had made my own logo. I had like cut through a lot of what the people in my business class were like struggling with. Like, I don't have the money. I don't have $1,500 for a graphic designer. I'm like, Ooh, that's, that sucks for you. Um, who did your branding? Oh, me. Thank you. Um, and I put up a splash page with the logo and like a contact sheet. Two weeks later, somebody submitted an email. I was like, who the, who found this out? I'm like, the hackers that already got me? Like, come on, I can't take it. And it was a woman who was hosting an event at the studio museum. And she was like, hey, we have $200 for gifts. We want to get them for our VIPs. I feel like I've seen your brand somewhere before. Um, and we'd love to support. I'm like, how you find this website? Ain't no SEO. I didn't, I didn't code it for any of those things. Like, you know, there's nothing. There should be no, you looked for this specifically. And then I did like an AdWords search and people were looking for chocolate in Harlem. And I was like, I got it. I, it broke my heart. To turn down that $200 because I needed the damn $200. Like, but we didn't have any products. I didn't even have the money to do anything. So before the competition ended, I'd found like a micro loan. Cause I was like, even if I don't win, like I'm starting Harlem Chocolate Factory. Like, I'm glad I did this competition. I'm gonna submit it. Like, I hope I win something. But this thing, this thing is starting whether I want it to or not. Why do a brick and mortar store instead of just internet? You want to know the truth or? Yeah. Listen, I tried. 
So a part of you that- You tried just I tr- internet. I tried just internet, not because of like, there was something wrong with the internet at all. I could not raise the capital at the time to build out a dedicated production facility. I was working in a shared incubator space and chocolates in a shared incubator space is hard, right? Like, and we use real chocolate. It's no shade to the other that be in there and using candy melts, but I'm not like, I'm not coming at y'all, but like, that's why your product's a little bit more shelf stable than mine. But whatever, it's all good. You know, we all got to make it somehow. Um, but we're using like real tempered chocolate. So it's like, it's a whole other thing. Um, and the the volume at which we were, we had eyes on us, had always been bigger than what I could produce. So I was looking for dedicated production space and looking for capital to get a dedicated production space. and. When I say, like, it was all cute and dandy to support me while I was like this little company at this little table and like, oh, we just gave her $2,500 and $5,000. But when I came around like, yo, we need six figures and here's the plan and here's how we pay you back and here's whatever. Oh, you think you can handle that? Why are you trying to play with me? (laughs) You know? Then it became a a question of like, you know, like these projections, well, they were done by a team at JP Morgan. So I I trust them. You remember those same people that you, you gave to me to, to run my business analysis and all of that, right? Like you had me in this program that you were parading me around and telling everybody that you support black women and blah, 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 blah. And you gave me a team of people from all these high-end financial systems and all these different things to, to, to analyze my business, to sit with me and go through these financials and see what we could do. They came up with this. Actually, the girl said I needed 250000 I told her I could do it for a hundred. I couldn't raise the hundred. I raised 40000 And so that became a thing of like, okay, what can I do with that? And the store was what we could do. The store was what you could do. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wasn't necessarily the, what I thought the next step in progression of our business was, but I realized at that moment that this wasn't the traditional business where it was like, build a strong brand, raise the money, and you know, tell the story, and you'll raise the money, and you'll and and you'll be good. This was more of build a brand, prove to us that you can do it, and then we'll fund you. The the during that time, this is 2015, 2016. The fact that we keep talking about that we're black owned, and because I was screaming that, right? These are culturally influenced products. This is telling a black narrative. This is telling the narrative and the stories of Harlem through chocolate. Asking questions. Why do we keep saying Swiss chocolate? Why do we keep saying Belgian chocolate and all the chocolate comes from various countries in Africa? Those were the questions we were asking, that I was asking, that I was talking about in 2016. 
listen, that business plan competition, I thought I lost that. Because this man was like the one of the guys in there that was supposed to be asking questions, like you had to present. He was like, why do you feel like you can make it? I'm like, because y'all been eating black culture for years. I mean, chocolate is a product that people love globally. No matter what, yeah. we'll spend their last dollar on some chocolate. I want to talk about the product which you which you've brought, but talk a little first about the impact that te- that technology has had in mm-hmm. helping you keep this going, yeah, and, and 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 keeping the store going, yeah. Do you ha- is there a robust internet business now, or is it yeah. most of the store? Like, what, yeah. do you say like the difference in the store? The, the uh, we're we're store? right at we're right at like fifty fifty. Okay, um, we're right at fifty fifty. I realize again a part of that whole strengths and weaknesses and everything is that we would need like assistance to analyze these numbers, like to, so we can make direct decisions. How right, many people are in the business. Uh three now, including myself. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then and what we get done is insane. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. 
influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. Is the store open seven days a week? No, not seven days a week. We're open on the weekends. We're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, during the week, we you can fulfill cover a lot of your our... monthly rent on the weekend alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we also have we have a robust corporate gifting program. Okay. And so that that's that's big for you. That's big for us. And the weekend, yeah. So between those two and the weekend. The cor- but is the corporate gifting program your number one source more than walk-in folks? Yes, but one feeds the other. So people walk in. Of course, of course. And then they go and they take it back to their, you know, their yeah, team companies. on Monday. Yeah. And then by Tuesday, somebody's calling like, hey, I want to order this for everybody on my team. But so talk about technology and how mm-hmm. that's helped you. So with technology, we've been able to like, make the factory more than it is. So like even that little Is it in the store? Yep. Yeah. yeah, we have like a separate kitchen, 250 square feet where we pump out all these goods. And um technology allows us to extend our brand into people's homes, right? You get to have the Harlem Chocolate Factory feel at home or being able to describe it, right? If you're trying to if you want to support us, right, and you believe in what we're doing and you're trying to explain it to your team or your boss or the financial decision maker on your team, our our store allows you to do that, right? You are able to go to our website and not just say like, hey, here's this black owned brand that we want to support, but here's actually this really elegant company that looks beautiful and it looks clean this is what they're about and technology allows us to do that. And then in terms of managing our lives for the longest part, when we say team of three, that's like within the last few months, it's been two of us doing this for these last six years. Um, You know, when we used to wrap bars in my kitchen and getting out hundreds and thousands of orders by ourselves with children and getting it all done. I mean, we've had people in and out, but in terms of consistently, it's been the two of us. Wow. 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 One of my Spelman sisters. Wow. You know how we stick together. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and Beyonce's part of this story too. Listen, that pandemic was trying to do a thing. Okay. Um, during the pandemic, I was like, all right, man. You dipped. It was a, it was a, 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 a full stop for Did you come close to having to stop. Yeah, it was, it was insane. You know, we had that two weeks where we were like, okay, we're shutting down. This is nothing. Yeah, no. We didn't really have much of an online presence. All of our, at that time, all of our stuff was in store. We did, we fulfilled corporate gifting, but that would be around like holiday time and nothing else. Um, then I was like, all right, this two weeks ain't feeling too weaky. It's feeling we we in month two. Like what's happening? 
And then and, and, and the business is frozen. Frozen. But then what happened is I just feel like people started looking online. So I'm like, okay, we we making more sales online now. Like people ordering. Cause you are kind of a COVID proof or exactly. like people still like I, I didn't need my buy chocolate. this and this, but I want I'm, I'm gonna get some chocolate. Like I'm not gonna go on this vacation. Food. I'm not gonna go on this vacation, but I'm a I'm a like I can't afford this three hundred dollar bag, but I could spend I could elevate and spend twenty five dollars on some nice chocolate. Spend fifty dollars on myself. And so that's when we started. And then the neighborhood too, like commenting on all of our posts, like, no, 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 If y'all about to close, tell us right now, we'll we'll show up. And so we just, we wound up like reopening a few days a week for like, um, like pickup orders and it just started going. And then people were like, well, listen, I told my, I told everybody at my job to order from you. And then, so then the corporate thing started happening and that's where technology really came in because we needed to figure out a way to like make it happen. But I'm like, also we were closed for like three, four months that bills kind of is there. Like we need some grants. PPP was not hitting for what, <laughs> I don't know what the scammers was doing to get their little monies, but um, they were not trying to give me nothing real. And uh, we started applying for grants. And so that's where the Beyonce comes in and we got the grant. But then from, from the Bay Good. Um, Bay Goods and Black Parade Small Business Impact Fund. Yes. Um, can you say how much they? Ten, ten grand. And that was perfect because also during the pandemic, we got the the call from you know the OG of all OGs, Oprah's favorite things, and that's when we were like, oh, okay, all right, how are we about to do this? <laughs> What was Oprah's favorite thing? Uh, it was insanity. It's actually one of our, our gift set. Um, it has two dark, two milk, two white chocolate bars. Like they saw our brownstone bars. It was, it's insane how we got it. Nobody will ever believe me. I had like, we didn't have any of the packaging for any of these things. Like we hadn't done them, done them yet. We were only selling like truffles and bonbons and then like hand wrapping bars occasionally. Um, but I was like, Hey, they reached out to us with Oprah's favorite things. Like, okay, we feel like we like these bars. Like, I'm like, they're like, Oh, what, what are your offerings? And I was like, Oh, we have this product that we're trying to develop. Like these are our brownstone bars. And I'm like, okay, send that out. And I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have said trying to develop because it ain't developed at all. But like me and my mother, like sat at home, exacto knifing, like the packaging, and like taping and wrapping the box. And I was so afraid UPS and the FedExes and all the delivery, like that almost tanked the business. Those shipping delays, mm. tens of thousands of dollars in returns and reorders and everything because, you know, something that used to take a day to get somewhere took a week and a half. And so... People open it up. My chocolate is melted. Says, clearly we ain't melted first and put it in a box and send it to you. Like, you know, and 
it wound up being a thing where we wound up having to shut down online. And like until the the shipping gets together, we can't actually send anything to you. Because it's like, you know, I tried to support a black business and now I got this melted chocolate. Come on. Because because I was in there with a blow dryer, like, yo, let me melt her chocolate real quick. Wait, let's talk about some of the product because you are, I mean, you're in the kitchen where mm-hmm. this, like, like coming up with like, let's do this, let's do yeah. this. Like, you know, so a chocolatier. Yeah. So tell us about, because you've, you, you've branded it to Harlem, yes. right? Culturalized it to Harlem. So talk about. That, like, how do you match the recipes to Harlem? Exactly. So I, I if there's an inspiration for, um, if there's an inspiration for, like, a, a truffle or a bonbon, um, there's a card that has, like, all of the different flavors and everything on it. Um, I just really try to think of what the story is that I'm trying to tell first. And then develop after that, right? Like, and then it informs the packaging. It informs the flavor profiles. Yeah. And this so, box looks so. So that was nice. the that's the Oprah, Oprah's favorite things. And there's a there's a image of Harlem brownstones and it's bricks Driver's Row, and right where we're located. St- it's this looks beautiful. Thank you. The box looks beautiful, and there's six bars in here. So we have. 72% dark, and then this one, 31% white chocolate, and this one's 38% milk chocolate. Hey, I'm open gonna... up one of the bars real quick so you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. The dark chocolate, because that's what it's really all about. This you is, know? This is, this is, this yeah. is, the, this is the thing. This and is... that's what makes Oprah the visionary, because that's not what she received, and she trusted us to get it done. Wow. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going for. This every time. bar looks like a beautiful Harlem brownstone front. Yep. Right? With like the door and the stairs and the window and these beautiful upstairs windows and this sort of all just this is so detailed. Yeah. I mean like you know, the mast bar is just a flat piece of chocolate. This is a, I mean, I'd almost like, I don't want to eat this because it's a That's beautiful, what everybody says. <laughs> it's, 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 it's beautiful in and of itself. I mean, That's like, what everybody says. Look, 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 look at how beautiful this is. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. All, do all the bars look like this? Yes. My mom actually designed that. Like I was telling her, like, I want, like, we had always made bars. That's what we had gotten known for is like bars that tell the stories of Harlem. Um, And so we had like a Strivers Row bar. We're all going to, we're going to re-release all those things. But it was, yeah, you know, you got to smell it first. Smells nice. I'm like, should I the stairs or the (laughs) the roof? Right. I don't know what to do first. Oh, wow. And you know, you let that melt. That's the important thing. That before I was, before I understood mm-hmm. dark chocolate. Yeah. I chewed it. Because mm-hmm. what you do with cheap chocolate. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. People were like, no, just put it in your mouth 
and let it liquefy know. over mm-hmm. your tongue. And then you really understand what you're And you consuming. can pick up all the flavor notes and it's why. But when you're having to rush through something that's not well made, I get why the idea of chewing comes in. Because it's a sugar candy mm. that has cocoa in it. We don't don't chew this. You don't chew that. We let Just that. Let it, when right? it coats your tongue. And that's what we're looking for every time. It's this amazing, right? Because it's hitting all, all the, the different mm-hmm. parts of the tongue. Yeah. This is so nice. This is really good. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's really the goal. Good. But that's how we. That's how we really try to do it. I mean. My mom designed those bars. I had always said, like, yo, I want our bars to look like brownstones. And we got into the biggest argument about it because she, like, went and she got it for me as a birthday gift. She got, like, the tooling and paid for the tooling and, and worked and designed with the the mall. And we, we got into the biggest argument. I'm like, this is so expensive. Like, you know, the store, like, yo, we got to pay these bills. Like, you know, we're trying to build up clientele. We're trying to get there. But I'm like, yo, we got to do this. And she's like, no, one day you're going to need them. And when I was pushing it to like for the Oprah's favorite thing. I'm like, all right, let me show her the brownstone bars. And so we sent it out and they were like, we love it. And so they looked over our little taped and glued packaging. I'm like, I promise you come hell, come high water. I'm gonna have that packaging printed. It's going to look beautiful and whatever, but this is the end vision. And the team was just like, we, we, we get where you're going. Are you profitable? Yeah. Been profitable since the day we opened. You <laughs> yes, we are profitable. Yeah. No, wait. What does it cost you to make a bar? What do you sell it for? So I'm bars right now, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> bars are around three eighty two, depending on like average from milk to dark. There's some fluctuations in pricing. Um, this costs you three eighty two to make. Yeah, right now, um, because we're we're definitely not working at scale. At all, not in any way, shape, and form. How many bars do you make a year? Uh, we're going through around. It's so hard because every year we're growing so much more than the last. Like nice. we're doing like fifty percent more each year. Right. So it's around twenty thousand bars, but we're already. I think we're already about to blow through that. In this first two quarters. Man, this is so beautiful. I would be proud to send this to somebody. Yeah. And the wow factor of just like. That's what it is. That's surprise. Because wow, you don't expect this. Exactly. And that's what that's what the premium guys are missing, right? Like when you're this trying to this. command, when you're trying to command a higher price point, what I realized as to watching, you know, being that little girl at them chocolate shows and whatever, people want more for that. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus 
a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Toray for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Price point, right? Mm. Like you can't just, that's how you'll get the chocolate lovers, right? By just throwing something in a bag and and, and doing it to them. But if you want people to dedicate a portion of their salary, a portion of their money, or you want people to trust you with sending someone they love a gift, you've got to go the full mile from the bar to the packaging to even the idea of that bag being resealable. And I know, like, I think about my, my mom would be like proud to like her book group comes over and like, look at these bars. And even the women who are like, well, I, you know, I won't eat it because mm-hmm. of whatever, but like, look at it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And yeah. so you're getting them with the eyes. And even if they're not going to put it in their mouth, it's beautiful. Course, Thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Um, So you were saying about the chocolate has made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> It happens. It's so good. It's so, so you ain't good. even get into the truffles yet. You know, that you didn't get into the truffles and the bonbons yet. But I'm, that's I'm where still it's over at. here with the chocolate. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, Lucy. Very good. <laughs> that's the goal each time. Of what? It's to to that surprise and delight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you hear me talking what about What do you sell this for? You said you make it for three eighty two? Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. That's a good price. Compared to Mast and some of the others? Yeah, I mean, right now, the market, right? Like, what a consumer wants to spend. I think we we can hit it at $9.99. We're still very boutique. Our My goal and my end goal is to get us at a, a MSRP of $7.99. That's where I think we can, we'll capture that um, that segment. Um, but we've got to do some things in terms of scale on the back end for that to make sense. It's interesting too the gentrification of Harlem. Yeah, black people feel very yeah. deeply connected to Harlem. Obviously, listen, I never lived in Harlem, but my dad did. Oh, right, so you dude, feel, yeah. you know, I knew it was a synergy right here. Of course, Harlem on you, but <laughs> but. There's so many white people yeah. moving into Harlem who yeah. feel like it's theirs, and we can talk about how we feel about that. Yeah. But there are definitely white people who are like, I'm down with the Harlem Chocolate Factory. I, yeah. want, I want to be part Absolutely. of this, too. Absolutely. How come you're not in Whole Foods? Right. We actually got into Whole Foods within the first year that I was open. Before Again, I got into a lot of places before we had products. Best decision I ever made to not do it. Our 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 price point um, at that time, I think it's it cost me around five five dollars to make each bar with just how time consuming it was. I had like a little five pound machine, 
doing everything by hand. Um, time was crazy. Renting my stand, like all these little things that are like kind of meant to help. They're kind of meant to help, but they're not meant for scale. And um, it would have it was going to push our price point to something crazy. Now, what they don't tell you is that a store will sell your product. Most some stores will sell your product for whatever you say the product is. And then your product will sit there and you'll never get back on that shelf again because they're going to have to phase it out at some point because it's not moving. They're not making any money off of it. And um, I realized very easily that as much as we have a chocolate company, we have a gifting brand. And so when you're at the grocery store, you're not looking at gifts. You're looking at your price and your money for the week and how much you're trying to spend and everything. And we want to be in places where people are not thinking about what they need to spend. So how do you scale? What's the next? What's the next phase? Yeah. We have a, a few deals in the work that I can't necessarily speak on now, but you will be seeing us a lot of places. Every time you turn around and every time you think about chocolate, you're going to be met with the Harlem Chocolate Factory. And the scaling is just about getting into those spaces where people are buying their gifts. So is this, we go into more stores, yeah. like a Whole Foods, Target, not, not whatever? Not grocery, yeah. Or? No, trying to get there. Or we do another brick and mortar somewhere. No, else. no more brick and mortars for now. No, we. I, I think our experience in Harlem and coming to that store, it's such a centralized experience. If you ever come to the store, it it it's we created it? a chocolate shop. It's on 138th between 138th and 139th in Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. And so you come in and it's a chocolate shop in the middle of a parlor living room. So we designed it, designed it to look like that, like a little parlor and this like a little chocolate shop in the middle of it. Um, our next phase is getting our own factory and opening our own factory um, and and being able to get those price points where they need to go, um, dealing with more of our. Where is there fear in growth? Of, Absolutely. Right, we grow too much, too fast, and then. We- Absolutely. But here's the thing. We ready. There's also there's also a reality to, okay, I've lived this life long enough. If it if it messes up, I'm built for it. There's nothing. Every single time I've I've anything has fallen apart. Either something new has come in its place, or something better, or something for me. So I can't. I'm not. I'm not afraid of my ordered steps. I can only go with the steps that are have are deeply seated in me and operate from that space. Do you have debt? Uh, do we have any more debt? A little bit. We've paid off. I've, I've cycled through every loan I've gotten. Nothing significant. Nothing significant. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's extraordinary. extraordinary. Listen, <laughs> but that was, that was also a thing, right? There, there's a reality to, I've waited too long to scale. Okay. We should have scaled two years ago, three years ago, but I didn't have enough business acumen to understand that fundraising doesn't only happen at a bank mm. or that I could 
hearing a no doesn't mean everyone feels that way. That it that it just means you just have to go a little bit harder. There's also a part of that that I have to acknowledge that I knew I didn't want to go into fundraising without some big deals in my back pocket because I know what I'm up against. I'm up against walking to a room where the the most of the people in there, or at that time, most of the people in there already don't think I know what I'm talking about. But I have to be confident in knowing that I know what I'm talking about. Let's continue in this vein in terms of business advice yeah. for any younger Jessica's yeah. who may aspire to do chocolate or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. but to be owners, yeah. but they don't know what to do. What, what advice do you have for them? I think it's, it's not education or doing it. It's both. You have to constantly be in a state of learning It's going to make you a better leader. It's going to make you a better manager because you'll always have a certain opening toward understanding the information and letting the information in front of you kind of dictate and order your moves. I think sometimes when you're trying to like rebel against the system that you can pigeonhole yourself rather than allowing literally like what's in front of you to teach you something. Sometimes like, your employees coming together and and having an issue with something doesn't mean that they need to get whatever together. Maybe there's a part of the system that needs to be run efficiently, but you have to have that opening within you to be analyzing your systems and analyzing yourself enough to, to grow. And that, that education process, if something's not working, learn about it. All right, like we're having too many issues with, with, with raising capital. Okay, I need, let me join an accelerator. Let me go after this accelerator. Like we did this accelerator with Target. It like blew my mind and opened my mind. And it also was a space where I got so much confidence because a lot of the things that I was unsure about, that things I thought I was making up was actually, no, I don't make up anything. I read. I learn and then I formulate ideas after. And so I have to restructure that process and that process with my confidence. And so all of this business stuff comes from confidence. You think you could run any business now? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly how to learn about an industry. I learned, I knew how to learn about an industry before I had access the public library, I still use it. I still go to. Like when we was in the accelerator, people's like, oh, this is the first time I read in this report. I'm like, yo, you never use your library card. That's serious. Like these journals and everything, y'all spending $15,000 on reports. You go to the public library, put your library card in, you have access to those journals. So what is in this bar? I'm eating the dark dark chocolate bar Mm -hmm. that's 72% Dark chocolate, which yes. is a fantastic number. Too yeah. much would too more than that would be I think, too intense. Perhaps. So our thing is like just like those these entry point chocolates, right? Mm-hmm. Like these entry points, because the goal for us isn't to be so high end for all of the only the chocolate connoisseur, but it's like that person who's trying to understand chocolate and just is like, yo, this stuff out here, it's nasty. And I think seventy two percent is right there at that 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 peak point. We get the people that come in, they're like, no, nah, I want like a 90. I'm like, all right, girl, you got to wait. 
You gotta wait. But ninety would be ninety is difficult. just ninety ninety done right. Ninety done right is amazing. I was just in Ghana sure. for um, a month and I tasted some nineties that I'm like, this is this is delicious because it just has to be done right. You got <clears throat> cacao, cane sugar, cocoa butter, sunflower. What is that? Lethicin. It's an emulsifier. Okay. And vanilla beans. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Pure chocolate is just that. So you're, do, do you have relationships with farmers in Africa? So not now. Right now we are using manufactured chocolate, um, but that is our goal. My goal, my goal from start to finish is to have a fully black supply chain from nuts to sugar to dried fruit to everything. And that has been like my secret pet project for years. Oh, African or also Caribbean, American, American, Caribbean, American, black American farmers face a different uphill battle. I've been on so many calls um you know black farmers in africa <laughs> face a a different uphill battle and um so i'm in ghana we're on the ground to just develop this it's still you know in its infancy but that's the that's the end goal to have a fully black at, at least within this chocolate industry yeah you know yeah. because black chocolate doesn't get it's respect, right? Like it's, we're taking these beans, we're taking this stuff. We're going to take it to Switzerland and now it's Swiss chocolate, even though it's from Ghana. <laughs> we're not even going to mention Ghana in this, but on the internet, we're going to say the African varieties just have a poorer flavor complex, poorer flavor offering, like, the quality is not good. Now there are things, there are there are real realities to people not having the education to make sure that beans are fermented well or, you know, processed. But that's not it's not necessarily widespread. And that that's also that's a solvable problem. If we're saying that this process hasn't been done correctly, we could teach people the process. Are you a millionaire? Uh, not yet. Has my business done that? Yeah. You see yourself being that? Yeah, it's the only option. I like expensive shit. <laughs> like, if I walk into a store, like, I really, I you know, I had to visualize a life for myself, right? Like, this this business is real. I'm a mother of two. Like, I'm, I have so many things to do. Um, What's your problem? Like, like, like. Like your store, like that you can't like not pass and go and like oh, I'm gonna spend too. When I get it, I'm gonna spend too much money in there. Yo, first of all, after food, like the way I spend money on food, I wonder if I sold drugs in my last life. Like I don't know what what vacations. Also, like I'm getting on a flight. I'm like, ooh, coach. Who are you? Like, you grew up in Section 8. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, get in the back of that plane, girl. And I was just like, upgrade. I'm so sorry. I'll be leaving my friends. Like, I'm sorry, y'all. 
I can't do it back then. It's, it's a whole different experience. It's just a different experience, child. I can't, like, you ain't going to help me with my coat. You want me to put this bag up there by myself? Like, I got nails on. Girl, I cannot pick this up. Like, come help me. You would help me in the front. Them first nine rows, you helping them. Help me. I know I'm in row 27 by the bathroom and it's stink back here, but help me. It's so much more tiring to yeah. fly anywhere Any, in the bag. Yo. In the front, you feel refreshed. When yo, you when you there. get there, you arrive. I'm like, oh, how y'all? How was y'all flight? This was great. How was y'all flight? I'm like, oh, I survived the I middle survived. <laughs> Yo, yo. Listen, when I'm I so horrible when I went to, <laughs> no, that's serious. When I went back to when I went to Ghana, I, that was really really important to me, right? Like for my mother's lineage and everything. The last time someone's from my mother's lineage crossed this ocean, they did it in the bottom of a boat, and I'm doing it with a pillow and a blanket, having a white man bring me champagne. And I kept dropping my stuff. Like, I dropped that damn cup, like, three times. I was like, oh, you got to clean it up again. I'm so sorry. Pass me a napkin. I ain't going to clean it up, though, but pass me another cup. <laughs> and I was like, what is what is spiritually knocking down this champagne? This man has cleaned this up four times. This is crazy. I'm not even wasteful like that. <laughs> like, I'll take the filet. You know, but like that's that that's my my children are so much worse. My my son, he eats truffle cheese, and I mean the way he be going through smoked salmon is crazy. Like they just they came out expensive. My daughter asked me for a Gucci bag, girl. I don't have one, so how you asking for one? It's like oh, it's just really really nice. I saw it in an ad. We got to turn ads off. That's what that's why the ads look like that. Yo, I'm like nah. So how old is she? She's eight. You know, your story is so inspirational. I hope so. You are so inspirational. And to hear you triumph over the internal negative voice and follow your dream and add all this business acumen where you're like, well, I could run any company. Yeah. And you're on the trajectory to changing your family's. Yeah economic financial reality, you know, from section eight to like, you know, your kids will, you know, be able to have mom help them, you know, with business, with home. Like, you know, it's just, it's beautiful and extraordinary. Thank Thank you. Congratulations. And the chocolate is gorgeous. And we'll see if my mom can get one of these bars. I don't know. (laughs) I might eat them all. I don't know. I want to send them to holler at me. We, we, you know what I'm saying? We're taking out the low marketing budget and send it out. Like, it's all good, you know? But congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You You know, that that negative voice, I realized, you know, she just needed a hug. She just needed a little hug and just somebody to be like, hey, what what you got to say? Okay, now this is what we should be afraid of. Oh, this is the danger. That's all she was trying to tell me. I let her, I let her, I gave her the driver's seat. And she really just needed the ride passenger in the back sometimes too. Like you wilding. <laughs> just in the back. Her up and put her in the trunk. Yeah, like <laughs> r- relax. But sometimes there's 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 a reality to that. Like, yo, if you do this fundraise right now without one of them deals, you're gonna give up more equity than you, than you want to. So like you 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 already taking L's, take a few more, secure two of these deals, put that in the deck, secure them. And then watch the equity change. Like, all right, cool. Don't struggle afterwards. Struggle right now. You're already struggling. 
Like it's already whack. Like that that one that that one little Ghana trip. Like okay, hold oh, that gonna be the last one for a long time until we get it together. But yo, secure one of those deals, and it's gonna look different for you. Shit, see if you can secure the second one. That's not me being negative. That's me like, oh, okay. So I just realized, you know, give him some direction. Like I'm in, I'm in command. Like my my best energy is in command of this of this truck moving forward. Mm. And That's so, so Oprah. It's my good energy that is driving this forward. Yeah, and nothing else, and no no one else is allowed to sit in the seat, and everybody has to align around me, not in a like screw you way, but like. I'm doing something that could change it for everybody here. So help or leave. Thanks so much to Jessica for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. And maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Ford. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington and Nick Carp. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.